Welcome to Just Barbarian Things. This actual play podcast may contain themes and language not suitable for all listeners. We would love to give a super special shout out to uh, the Esoteric Order of Role Players. Um, they are one of our super fancy patrons right now, and we are so stoked to have them with us because we are such huge fans. Huge fans. So if you have not been listening to all of their amazing podcasts, they're running an awesome Paladin game right now that is super cool. Um, they are about to get started on the next part of their Giovanni Chronicles. If you're a vampire fan, um, they do some really great stuff over there. So check out Esoteric Order of Role Players, uh, wherever you get your podcasts um, or on Patreon as well. Since times before history, we've been gathering around our fires to tell stories. Join us as we play through multiple role-playing game systems looking for one that's the perfect fit for our next campaign, and hopefully showing you some options that are out there for your own games. Welcome to the Fireside Stories. So you and Deke spend some time doing some research in his various tomes, um, but you don't have a lot of information to go on at this point. You know it was something that looks like you, even after apparent death, although that hasn't been confirmed at this point. You saw a kind of dark metal knife, uh, and you know there was a scrap of paper that they found, but you haven't gotten a lot of details about those. Right. So after a few hours of this, and you're getting pretty tired at this point because you haven't slept at all this night, Mm. and it is getting into morning proper, Yes, it's definitely later because I had to walk all the way over here. Right. D kind of looks up at you, says, well, I mean, not a lot to go off of, but the kind of knife you described could be ceremonial. It could be group related, uh, you know, to send a message, but I haven't seen it, so I can't identify for sure what it might be. Hmm. It might be, yes, related to a particular sect or perhaps ritual. Interesting. I'd uh, like to see if I can recall any details about this, about the knife that might be helpful. Well, you know that it was, it looked like it was made out of a dark metal, like in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't catch a lot of detail of it in the alley. Um particularly because you didn't search the body, so you didn't handle any of the items. Right. Maybe maybe Logra can help us out. It is her folk. Hmm. Yes. Ah, well, perhaps I should uh, present myself to the city watch under the... uh, Ostensibly to assist with the investigation and and use that as an opportunity to discuss the matter with her. So Deke says, well, you certainly could do that. I don't know exactly how they'd treat you, but it seems like they let you leave the crime scene. So there's always that. Um, you know, you could send a message to her directly. You could go back to the scene and see if you notice anything. 
Um, you could go home and get some rest. You look a little beat up. How are messages sent in this world? Because uh, I know we have, you know, walkie-talkie stones and stuff right. like that. Um, but if you want to send like a letter to someone, is it still like, you know, on a pigeon foot or like, you know, hey, you could send express a, a courier. Um, okay. if you had, I mean, the university probably has access to a variety of methods, including sending stones. Um, it's usually, a one of the dragon marked people that, um, use those to send messages. Um, but you know that the the watch does use those. You saw the the captain that you're with or the sergeant you were with use it. Right. Um, but it's not exactly common. Like everyone has a, right. a cell phone these days. No. They don't have, like not everyone has a stone in their pocket no, to talk to No, you would people. go to someone to have a message sent for you. Okay. Hmm. All right. So it's more like a telegram kind of deal. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like Logra will probably be aware of this already. So, you know, as captain of the guard, she'd have her finger on the pulse, you know, what's going on in a daily report or probably whatever. And, uh, and so I feel like if I just go there, you know, I can, uh, I, I I can maybe talk to her about it and she'd be up to speed. Certainly could. I mean, you know where she's stationed. Okay. Uh, as it is, though, uh, I, I think getting some rest is probably a good idea. So, um, I don't know if I want to go back to my quarters, though. So maybe I could just stay here, like upstairs or something, on the couch. See if see if my boy Deke will hook me up with some couch space. You could certainly ask him. That's uh, that is excellent advice, Deke. Do you suppose I might be able to avail myself of your lodgings for momentarily to uh, catch up on some rest? Oh, you're always welcome here, friend. Uh, let me go clear some space for you. It's a bit of a bird's nest up there. <laughs> That's, well, no need to put yourself to any trouble. I assure you I don't require much. Just a place to stretch out. I'm so uh, tired after these recent events. No, of course, of course. Let me clear up some space, and then I can stay down here and run the shop while you get some rest. Uh, No point going back to those inept guards hanging out outside your door. Indeed, it should go without saying. Should they uh, seek me here, of course I am nowhere to be found. I certainly haven't seen you. And he blinks his giant gold eyes. <laughs> nice. That's his, that's his version of winking at me. <laughs> the blink. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. I mean, I follow, I'll, I'd like to follow him upstairs then. And he turns around and says, like, no, no, let, let me clean up. I'll come get you. So I'm going to be left uh, down in the main room then. Seems at least for a moment. Okay. Well, all right. You know, I'll wait here then. All right. And as you wait kind of down in the common area, you see that 
he hasn't made much effort to like maintain the you know spooky happenings of the shop and things like that so it's pretty quiet you can start to hear the bustle of the city outside um and in just a matter of a couple of minutes deke pops his head back down um you can see that he has the robe he threw on quickly previously is now you know properly um draped over him and he uh hops down the stairs and says all yours friend and uh when you wake, I think I have something I'll be working on for for you to use. It seems like it seems like you've been getting into a bit of trouble, so I'll put something together that might help out. This will be much appreciated. You'd never let me astray, Deke. You're such a good friend. Oh, no, no problem. And uh, he gestures to the stairs. Hmm. So I'll head upstairs. All right, so heading up the stairs, you can see that the living space is, I mean, very basic compared to how decorated the main shop floor is. Um, It has a sleeping area, which has been set up in a way that's obvious that it is for you to use. Um, You know, there's a desk by the window um, with a snuffed out like kind of candle on it. It looks like writing space or similar um, a few like kind of discarded bottles for various little experiments he was doing and things like that. But it's a it's a pretty small space. It's okay. But like I said, I'm just gonna rest briefly. How long would you like to rest? Let's take. Um, well, I have the intention of resting for a few hours. But you know how it is sometimes you lay down to take a nap and, you know, you don't, you don't wake up for, you know, hours. So, um, I don't know if there's a way to determine that or not. I guess I could roll for it. No, I mean, I guess is your intention to take a long rest and recover your hit points and spell slots and things like that? Or what is your, what are you trying to do? Yeah, that's, yes, that is my intention. Okay. So, if you took a long rest, you'd wake up kind of late afternoon. Okay. Actually, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Now, how is there a one-click thing on D&D Beyond to, uh, to like, do a, a long rest? There is. And again, my view's a little bit different oh. than yours. But okay, I see a long rest button at the top. Yeah, that's there's probably a long it. rest button right there. Cool. Reset maximum HP changes. Take long rest. Okay. And it tells you what you recover as well. So it gives you a nice explanation and it says recover all this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So you are able to get to sleep. Your rest isn't particularly fitful. Although every once in a while there is a flash of cloak being removed and your face being underneath it. Yeah. Um, And sometimes you have that kind of flash from different viewpoints. um, Once you even have kind of the vision of the view from under the cloak, it being lifted away from you. Hmm. Um, You awake a couple of times when people walk through the door below um, to visit the shop. You hear, you know, the, little buzzing of the fly pickup and the roar of the fireplace and everything. 
um, as the full theatrics go into effect. But over time, that kind of dulls and you get relatively good sleep. So you are refreshed and by about, you judge from the position of the sun uh, a few hours after noontime, you feel rested and ready to to tackle whatever you decide to do next. Okay, I think I'm set. I need to maybe wash up or something like that. I don't. I don't know if uh, Deke has a you know basin and pitcher and all that kind of stuff. He does. Yep. There's definitely basic amenities here. The only thing you don't really see, there's no like true kitchen. Um, you see some various kind of snack foods, uh, but it looks like Deke probably gets his food out most of the time. You know, I can't, I can't be mad at that. You know, who has time for shopping at the market and meal planning and everything with our busy schedules? So I think I'll, you know, do a basic wash up and I need to, uh, see, I can't remember if I changed my clothes and everything, uh, when I was, when I stopped by my, my quarters, I'm pretty sure that I did, that I changed clothes before I headed back out because I wanted to get out of the bloody torn up everything. So, um, I don't know if we need to retcon that or what, but I'm pretty sure that I would have changed. So uh, I guess it's time to head out to the, uh, the the police station, the city watch deep depot. Well, know. you know, there are many locations that they operate out of. Are you going to a local one? Or are you going specifically to where your friend is stationed? Yeah. If, if I know where Logro works, I want to go there. Right. You do. You know that she is at the garrison in Upper Dura in an area called Dagger Watch. Upper Dura. All right. Upper Dura is home to talented artisans and successful merchants. Highhold District is an upscale dwarven neighborhood in this area. Hope's Peak is a temple district here. The Overlook is where many Kalashtar have taken residence. Also home to Dagger Watch, where Logra keeps her office. True. Her garrison, or what have you. Yep. Okay. And the Sharn Watch maintains a fortress garrison in the area of Dagger Watch in Upper Dura. Cool. I'll, uh, I'll make my way there. That, that way. All right. I don't know how, how much of a jaunt that is from um, Fullman and Deeks? It will take the better part of an hour to get up to the upper area and then get to where you need to go within the district. Hmm. Okay. Are there like checkpoints and stuff like that in, you know, border crossings and so on when you traverse the city district to district? Not really, although there's definitely different levels of how watchful the watch is and if there is private security and things like that as well. Um, so you will, you know that you could encounter kind of more scrutiny in certain areas as you travel. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like, yeah, I got to be on the, the lookout for that. And where, where's my money? Probably on the equipment tab. Currency, 560 gold. All right. Very cool. Just check in. So are you going on foot? Yes. Okay. Um, so what we'll do is we'll do a couple of rolls to see the types of things you might encounter along your way. So if you'd roll 2d20 and total the result for me. 2d20 and total. Coming up. A 19 and a 3. 22. All right. So as you leave Deke's shop and start heading towards the lift that you know of in the area, you are moving along the busy streets and you kind of stay towards the side. You know how the flow of traffic works. And you definitely don't want to, you know, get hit by someone who's not paying attention and, you know, a passing carriage or similar. You kind of see up ahead a group of watch members kind of running in your direction. Oh, okay. That's not good. What would you like to do? I'm going to see if I can uh, step step aside and uh, blend into whatever is ready to hand behind a barrel with the crowd uh, into an alley, whatever is present, and, uh, and, and see if, you know, I don't want to assume they're running at me. Maybe they just go right past. Sure. So which of those are you going to do? Are you going to try to hide? Are you going to try to blend in? Well, what's, um, uh, what's around me? What's uh, going on right now here around me? Is you're on a, a relatively or? busy shopping district sh- street right now. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd like to try to blend in by, you know, I already have the hood up. And so you just kind of see if you can't pick up a apple or whatever, you know, look like a blend in. You're just another shopper or whatever is going on in the street. All right. I would like you to make a performance check with advantage, please. Here we go. Performance. Okay. And 21. All right. So you kind of just turn, kind of pull your head up low or your hood up low over your head, um, half hiding your face and definitely hiding your horns. And you turn your shoulders so that you're facing a cart that happens to be nearby. And you start to inspect the goods there. And as you do, you can see the squad of Sharn Watchmen rush past you. Um, they're, you know, not shouting, but kind of urgently shooing people out of the way. You know, step, step aside. This is official business. Step aside. Nothing to see, but move away. You know. <laughs> are they carrying something with nope. them or something like that? They are moving with purpose in that direction. Huh. The way I came. Towards that direction, yes. All right. Interesting. Right. And they continue to run past you and uh, until they are out of sight. All right. Well, now I can continue. All right. So you continue to make your way, kind of keeping your hood low. 
and you make it to the lift that takes you up into the upper levels of the city of Sharn. And uh, go ahead and roll another 2d20 and total them for me. All right. Hmm. That's uh, 18 and a 19. So what is that, 37? Yes, we'll call that 37. <laughs> All right. So you wander through the district of Upper Dura heading towards Daggerwatch. And as you do, it takes you through one of the nice Kalashtari neighborhoods. And you can see there is a beautiful kind of garden area that they don't really make the room for on the lower levels of Sharn. It's space that's not used for shopping or living or anything like that. It's just this beautiful open garden with a fountain and kind of trailing plants, some of them going over the edges and trailing into the levels below. So it, uh, at the sight of this, I would hear, um, you know, have a, have a thought occur to me that, uh, opulent display of wealth and excess. Fair enough. So, you know, yes, seeing something so beautiful, that kind of, intruding thought takes you back a bit. But um, you notice that there is uh, a young man sitting by the fountain. Um, from his look, he appears to be likely Kalishtari himself. And you can see uh, he's wearing like mourning clothes. Uh, he's in dark colors. And, you know, his, it looks like his hair has recently been cut. And he, um, you know, is kind of looking down at something in his hands and not paying attention to what's going on around him. Um, but otherwise, you know, the city continues to bustle around you as you as you make your way. Okay, so we have a guy sitting in a garden looking at something, and he's in uh, morning garb. Yes. Okay. So to distinguish morning from the morning and morning garb, like, is he in like funeral clothes? Is, is that, or is it like, or is morning garb like the commemorate the day of the morning or what is? So I wouldn't say funeral clothes because it doesn't look like he's on his way to a funeral, but definitely the way that some cultures dress after losing someone to continue to show their grief. Okay. All right, got it. So not not necessarily affiliated with the the capital T morning, right? But okay, huh? All right. Well, I you know I don't know that this guy necessarily has anything to do with me, but uh, yeah, I would I would probably continue on my way. That's fair. There are many things that you can see in the city. Not all of them are things you need to interact with if you don't want to. All right. So you continue, you have a mission, and you head over to the Dagger Watch District. And as you enter, you can see the large stone fortress area up ahead, um, built into the soaring towers of Upper Dura. Um, it looks kind of like a combination of dwarven make with some of the other races as well. So it's um, a combination of like curving 
towers that you see in Sharn along with the more military look of something more sturdy. Okay. And there are a number of guards, um, you know, patrolling the areas outside as well as flanking the main entrance into the building. Hmm. Well, that's okay. But I made it to my destination, so I'm, I'm not necessarily laying low anymore because I'm going to you know, not necessarily turn myself in, but check in with what's going on. Right. So what do you do? I would like to enter the garrison if possible. All right. So you climb the stairs going past the patrols, um, knowing that most of them are younglings, like kind of learning their job. And you go up the stairs to where the large double door entry is flanked by two armored watch members. And mm-hmm. they stop you and ask mm-hmm. your business. Hey, what, uh, what can we do for you? I'm here to assist with an ongoing investigation, and I must see Logra immediately in regard to the same. I can't just throw out Logra and assume you can get in that way. Sorry, friends. Uh, do you have ma- anything else you could use? Like, do you have an appointment? Is she expecting you? She's not expecting me, but I assure you she will be glad to see me, especially when I give the information I have to this case. If you're not working this case, I'd hate to compromise it by involving anyone not already involved. You see, it's an ongoing investigation. He grumbles something about you just using the word investigation a lot (laughs) and kind of looks to his friend and says, is there a name we can give her and see if she's available? Yes, tell her Naraya is here to see her again. Very well. And the other one kind of rushes inside while... This one stands out there to to give you the eye. And, you know, a couple of minutes pass. Are you just standing there waiting? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and after a time, the watch member comes back and kind of looks towards his compatriot. Says, she says to let him in. He says, very well. Do you know your way, or do you need an escort? Yes, thank you. Unless her office has moved, I should find it without issue. And he opens the door and gestures for you to enter. Thank you. <laughs> I, should, I, should, I should address him by rank, but I don't know what their ranks are. A private or corporal or a corporal. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, corporal. And he kind of gives you a look, suspicious look, and, uh, you know, closes the door behind you as you go inside. Excellent. And inside, you can see much more of the same sort of architecture. Uh, There is an open area kind of leading to various staircases and offices. And you know that Logra's office is kind of, it's not in a tower room or anything like that. It's actually pretty central, a very defensible location within, within the garrison. Nice. So I'd like to make my way to her office by the most direct route possible. I don't want to be stopped whilst I'm walking and questioned again by some guard. All right. So you make your way through, you know, your way very well. 
and you arrive at her office. The door is open and you can see her kind of fussing with um, a very shiny set of armor. Hmm. Her old, reliable, shiny armor that she's always had as long as I've, not as long as I've known her, but as long as I've known her while she's been in this position, at least. Well, if you want to roll insight, you can. Let's do. I love rolling, so let's just roll insight. Uh, 11. So you've seen her in various dress and armors and things like that. Um, And so this one doesn't really catch you as anything special other than the fact that it definitely shows her rank and office, um, which isn't necessarily something that she wears every day, but you've seen her in it before. Hmm. Okay. And she turns as you approach, hearing the sound of your footfalls. And she looks at you and says, "Ah, Noraya, I am so happy to see you. Likewise, Logra. It's been too long. I was, as you can no doubt understand, a bit concerned. I'm I'm certain that you were, for uh, the events of the past 24 hours are almost unfathomable to me. Uh, I, of course, have consulted with Deke, and he is... Uh, hard at work on my behalf to try to determine uh, what could be possibly afoot, but we have made very little progress. I thought I should seek you out immediately to avoid any further uh, watch entanglements. So at the mention of, like, Deke and watch entanglements and stuff, you can see her roll her eyes a bit uh, in a loving way. But, you know, he's a little bit of a troublemaker when it comes to watch things Uh um and at the same time she's kind of absentmindedly like patting her hair down which seems to be sticking up a bit too much so she starts to put a little braid into it to tame it um into place she says well what did our friend deke find for you uh well to be honest we really weren't able to determine much um that that the dagger is perhaps ceremonial in purpose, maybe cultural, perhaps both. Uh, it's very difficult to say. I didn't have much information for him to go on. Um, so far, we really only know what it's not, which was what I knew to begin with. Yes, it's a. Uh, it's very concerning that. One with your face would be found in such a state. We are still investigating, but it is not the only murder to occur last night. Are there any with these uh, special circumstances that mirror my own? (laughs) No pun intended. She grimaces a little bit. And says, I really cannot speak of an active investigation. Ah, yes. Investigations. No, no, of course I understand. I I don't mean to pry, only that it's so uh, shocking and unexpected. 
Yes, I'm troubled by what we have found so far, but I hope we can get to the bottom of it soon. Will you tell me if you uncover anything or see anything that causes you alarm? I will, of course, let you know immediately. What's the best way to get in touch with you? I can't drag my carcass all the way over here every time I wish to have a conversation. So she gives you a little smile and bends down to the desk that is a bit too short for her. It's really built for a human. Um, and her build seems to make it look exaggeratedly small. Mm. And uh, she reaches into one of the drawers, kind of pulls something out of a little satchel that you can see has um, the Sharn watch like evidence tag sort of symbol on it. Mm -hmm. She says, ah, this is from an old one. I don't think it is needed anymore. And she kind of tosses it your way, expecting you to catch it. Okay. I'll, I'll try to catch it, but I don't, you know, we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Acrobatics. We'll see how it goes. 11. All right, so you give it a little bit of a hot potato because you weren't quite expecting her to toss something to you. Uh-huh. Um, but you don't drop it. And what you hold in your hand appears to be a leather-bound journal, basically. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. Nothing in here under journal. Oh, well, that's okay. I can make a note of it manually going old school all right um excellent um but if you're hoping for me to read your diary i assure you i haven't forgotten what happened the last time i did that and i don't wish to repeat such an incident ha 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 and she reaches back down into the bag and pulls out a matching journal and she says Go ahead, open it up. And she opens hers and grabs the quill off her desk and dips it in the ink and begins to just scratch on the page. And as she does, in your book, you can see writing appear on the page. And it says, take that dummy. (laughs) Ah, I didn't know that they still made these. Or perhaps these are only very old. Excellent, splendid. I'm pretending to recognize this thing, but I don't know if I recognize it or not. (laughs) You can make an arcana check. Thank you. All right, 22. You've heard of these ledgers before. Um, Basically a way for... Really, I mean, the original purpose was so that copies could easily reach distant offices and things like that of various records that needed keeping. Um, But you know that, especially in Sharn, more often these are used for um, crime bosses to get reports from the various dealings of their underlings without having to be there in person to witness it. Okay. Cool. Logra's ledger of copying or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Cool. All right. That's pretty groovy. Go ahead and hang on to that. So, uh, how how will you know when a new message appears? You just check it periodically. How does this work exactly? There is a a soft glow to the design on the front when there is a new message. I see. All right, cool. I think I've got the basics of this thing. So, yep. well, tuck it into my my pouch, John Marston style. It is probably for the best that you do not get into too much trouble. Perhaps keep a low profile for a short while. Keeping a low profile is one of my many remarkable talents. I have seen your many remarkable talents. I don't know if that's one of them. Well, not all of them, not yet, you haven't. I assure you I still have a couple of tricks up my sleeve, even after these many years. She kind of gives a soft chuckle and says, Do keep an eye for messages from me as well. I will, I will. Before I leave you, do you have anything for me to go on? Any information about the dagger or the scrap of paper or anything? Go ahead and roll insight. 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 16. All right. You can tell that she wants to tell you something, but she doesn't know if it's wise to do so at this point in what they've been able to find. Hmm. So you keep kind of like asking about it and she keeps saying, oh, I can't really tell you what's going on, you know? <laughs> okay. I mean, um, I'd like to think I could pick up on that social cue. Right. Being a social uh, person. So I, I would tell her, um, it's okay. Don't, don't give me that look. I know your look. It's Okay. Please, you don't have to tell me anything that you don't feel comfortable with. I mean, please, I understand. I don't want to overstep any bounds. So, and all the wild gesturing that she should write it down in the book. <laughs> she kind of gives a soft chuckle and a shake of her head. And she says, I will be in touch. Excellent. I shall look forward to your communications. I will keep you posted longer. As always, it was so good to see you. Did you receive my gift basket last holiday name in Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> but with your gambling earnings, no doubt. Well, I don't see how the source of my income has any relevance or bearing on the matter. Yes, of course. Why would an academic need to have Income from a legitimate source. Of course. Wait a second. <laughs> Maybe we'd have one of our famous old uh, arguments for a few minutes. Right. And then and then I would, you know, she'd probably shoot me out maybe. Or I'd, I'd, yeah, so at uh, one point it looks like someone who's been sort of waiting outside trying to get her attention as you've been talking can't seem to hold it anymore and they kind of <laughs> step in and... So sorry to interrupt. I, uh, um, Miss, Miss Hokar, I'm so sorry, but we do have to, uh, you know. She's like, ah, yes. As you know, there is an investigation we are working on. I should get back to it. No, more than one, no doubt. Yes, please. I'm sorry. I've taken up enough of your time already. Please forgive me. 
I will uh, place my hand on my chest and, and bow towards the the newcomer. Not not a full formal bow, just a just a slight incline of the chest. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. I shall take my leave immediately, and then do so. Okay. So where are you headed? Um, that's a good question. Uh, back to the scene of the crime. All right. So let's uh see what you see as you. I mean, it's going to take you quite a while if you're going on foot, unless you want to. Hire. Yeah, let's spend some money cab. and get some transportation because uh, all this running around town is a little, um, I don't know, tedious. So, you know, for 30 silver, you can get back down to the lower districts from here. It should probably, you know, it costs a little bit extra because you're going into the lower districts to be in with, especially from an upper one. So it's a both an issue of distance um, and of, you know, safety and things like that. Sometimes the coaches don't prefer to go into the lower districts, but, you know, a shine of coin does help with that. Alternately, you could spend fewer silver to get to the middle district and then go on foot the rest of the way. But that would be up to you. 30 silver pieces is three gold pieces. Wow. That's uh, that's pretty steep. But I'm not going to haggle with the, the guys. They're probably fixed the union. Probably some goblin in charge or something like that. All right. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay the, the handsome fee or whatever. Yep. And like I said, it's definitely an upcharge because of where you're going and from where. So you are able to flag down one of the kind of hovering carriage cars Mm -hmm. and you give the driver kind of directions on where you want to go and kind of hesitates at first, but sees your coin and opens the door for you and says, Oh, Relax. Enjoy the ride. We will be there soon. Lower Tavix Landing. Scene of the crime. Yeah, I'm sure you don't tell him, like, go to the crime scene or whatever, (laughs) but you're giving him kind of locations nearby. It was near the market, near the gambling hall that you were at, so... Yeah, yeah, I would just go to the market. I mean... Right. This was where I would head. So he dropped you off at the market area in Lower Tavik's Landing. And uh, go ahead and roll 2d20 and total the result, please. Uh, the old 2d20 and total the result move. All right, 35. That's a nat 20 and a 15, kids. That's pretty cool. All right, so you can see that um, it being kind of a prime time in the marketplace. It's late or afternoon, early evening. Things are pretty bustling right now. And you can see that there's a performer in um, one of the open areas of the market. And she is showing there's an area of like kind of runoff water from the upper levels of Sharn. 
that's pooling into a murky puddle in kind of one of the areas of the marketplace. And you can see um, she gestures dramatically and there is a gleam and the pool turns to clear, pure water. Oh, I feel like I would recognize that spell. Um, you can roll. There are a few things you could roll. You could roll history or arcana, certainly, to see what you recognize. Let's roll arcana. They're the same, but let's see. The same score, I mean. All right. 23. So, I mean, obviously she's um, performing a ritual spell to purify water. I mean, it's nothing too fancy, but in Lower Tavics, it's pretty exciting to see, especially with the flourish. And you can tell from kind of the gesture that she used and her dress that she's likely um, a member of the Silver Flame. Hmm. Okay. But her performance um, has the desired effect. People are cheering, and then you can see some of them dropping coins into her little bowl nearby and then taking mugs to the clean water. And grabbing a drink. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good way to make money down here. For sure. Because, you know, it's kind of gross. Uh, so, where is she in relation to uh, the, the alley in question? She's just in the marketplace area. So, there's kind of a section of it that's near one of the walls uh, that makes up kind of the square because that's where the water has been dripping down and pooling. Um, But it's not really anywhere very close to the alley. Okay. Hmm. Well, I guess I could talk to her to see if she works this market regularly to see if uh, she saw anything last night as part of my investigation. So, knowing that she's Silver Flame, you're not 100% sure how happy she would be to interact with you Mm -hmm. because of your heritage. Mm. Okay. The Church of the Silver Flame um, prides themselves on being the shining force that holds the demons at bay. I mean, I do literally have demon blood. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. Well, then I can give her a wide berth. And so she continues kind of on her little act and reminds people that should they wish to have these kind of powers as well, they should only turn to the Church of the Silver Flame, and join their forces to hold that darkness at bay, which always threatens to encroach upon this fine city, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, her little spiel. Mm-hmm. And you make your way in the direction of the alley 
that you're in only a few hours ago. And what you can see is there appear to be members of the watch stationed at the entrances to the alley, um, kind of preventing the scene from being disturbed. And you can see some other watch members are speaking to people kind of away from the area and writing things down. What would you like to do? Hmm. So they're still actively investigating it. Uh, do I recognize any of them from last night or is it different people? It does appear to be different people. Hmm. There have been a number of hours that have passed, so likely a, a different shift. Hmm. Okay. So they're milling around where the body was found, and then the others are kind of keeping the scene clear. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, all right. I was not expecting anyone to still be here, (laughs) so I'm kind of uh, a little bit at a loss. Should I talk to them, or should I watch them, or, you know... I think it's more in Raya's character to kind of play it cautiously. Take up a place where he can watch what they're doing and sort of observe them. And then also, you know, at the same time, it's accomplishing waiting for them to leave. Okay. So you're just going to wait? Yes. All right. So let's do a couple of things. Let's roll a stealth to see if you go unnoticed. Stealth coming up. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a zero. I just want to make sure it's not a negative one. Yeah, it's just a zero. I don't have... Oh, wait. I do have a negative one. That's athletics. All right. Ten. All right. I mean, it's a busy area, and you're able to kind of find a spot where... You're not too close and obviously watching, but kind of like mixing in with those that are there. And um, let's go ahead and roll a perception. Perception. 18, no, 19. Nice. So you are waiting long enough that you witness the adept of the silver flame go through her spiel a few times um, collecting monies talking to people about joining the church um, before it looks like the watch have done what they want to do and start to clear out and as you kind of start to move towards the area you notice someone else kind of looking around and heading in that direction as well. And they are closer to the alley than you are. Huh. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'd like to maintain a, you know, close distance. So I don't want them to beat me there by too much, but I don't want to be obvious, you know, walk casual. 
So moving casually towards the alley, um, do you have dark vision? Yes. Okay. You can see clearly the shape of the other person kind of looking around the the alley in the darkness. He's just kind of looking around, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 60 feet, regular dark vision. Cool. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to try to sneak up next to him. I mean, I'd like to try to sneak up next to him. Sure. Uh, I don't know if this is going to go very well, given my, you know, mediocre dexterity. Right. So I assume that I want to roll stealth for this. Yes, but, okay. that would be correct. Let's give it a shot. All right, five. So what you achieve is basically just walking into the alley. <laughs> <laughs> right, walking I mean, normally. <laughs> it's not extraordinarily loud. You aren't wearing armor. You're not wearing clumpy high heels or anything like that. Um, so it's not loud, but for someone who appears to be kind of alert and knowing that they're somewhere they shouldn't be, their senses are a little heightened. Mm-hmm. And um, the the person turns to address you, uh, and you can see that it is, uh, so he appears to be a half-elf. Um, he has a dark cloak draped over him. And looking at you in the dim light, he sees your face under your hood. And he says, Oh, I thought we had already killed this one, but I suppose it's up to me to finish the job. Oh, no. (laughs) And I need you to roll initiative. All right. I mean, that was not at all, you know. Not entirely unexpected. Sorry not to surprise you. All right. All right, what'd you get? I got 10. Okay. All right, so... You... kind of take a half step back, startled at this recognition. And he... Well, half startled, because I didn't surprise you. In real life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd be, I'd be, Naraya would be surprised. And very quickly, in a very practiced motion, he plucks something from one of his pouches, mutters a word not in common, and kind of makes a soft kind of tossing motion in your direction. And you are immediately surrounded in flame. And heat licks at your body. And the apparition of some large demonic creature um, rises uh, from behind the caster. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty cool so um it always reminds me of uh 
Bender in Futurama when he's like tapping on his chest, dung dung, was like, I'm 40% tungsten. Because <laughs> um, Naraya is uh, resistant to fire damage. That's true. All right. So, what I need you to do is to make an intelligence save. Okay. An int save. Here we go. Ten. So, you are not sure how, but it seems that either he is summoning something to the area where you are, or he is pulling you somewhere else. That's what it feels like. Okay. And it's not, I mean, although you recognize the demonic imagery and things like that, it's not something familiar to you. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in this true like red flame and everything like that. Um, and so it definitely ca- catches you off guard. So let me roll some damage for you. All right. So you take two psychic damage. Oh. Okay. Done. All right. And the uh, half-elf laughs softly to himself and says, Welcome to your undoing. Ah, yes, I've been here before. Uh, No doubt I will be here again. All right, what would you like to do? Other than that witty-ass quip, what would I like to do? Um, Probably cast a spell or something. Fair enough. Oh, man. Wondering, so this is gonna be, this is gonna be a real uh, magicy kind of kind of thing here. Let's see, and nice. Okay, so we didn't get a chance yet to to determine. Well, I didn't take the time yet to determine all of my verbal and somatic components to my spells but that's on my to-do list right so hopefully that'll help enhance the flavor of this game for me at least but hopefully you know for anyone else as well but um i would like to cast um let's see here i only have one uh level six spell slot and i'm going to use it right away to cast (laughs) chaos bolt okay uh, is that a spell attack on your side or a save on my side? Um, that is, let's see here. Make a ranged spell attack. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> I actually have to roll for this one. All right. Mod 20. That's a hit. Okay, so on a hit, the target takes 2d8 plus 1d6 damage. 2d8. Uh, Yeah, 2d8 plus 1d6. And then I got to choose one of the d8s to determine the damage type. Right. Okay. So that is 16... They didn't match, right? 
your no, d8s? No, they didn't okay. match. Just making sure you didn't roll two eights. I did not. Okay. No. <laughs> I rolled an eight, a two, and a six. Okay. But I rolled a six on my d6. Cha-ching. All right, so it's either thunder damage or cold damage. And we're going to go with cold. That's fitting. Yeah, I thought so. All right. So as the heat racks your body, you kind of instinctively reach out with the forces that tremble inside of you. So one thing that's interesting yes. is when you cast this spell level using a spell slot of second level or higher, uh, each target takes 1d6 extra damage of the type rolled for each slot level above first. So would that be another 5d6? Well, Am I reading that right, or how does that you're work? You're a sorcerer, right? Yes. And you're... It's typically a first-level spell, and you're using a sixth-level slot? Yes. Yeah, so you do that. Okay. So we want some extra extra damage here. All right, as you roll, I'll get into my description. Okay. And you... Say the words that you have not yet chosen. Right. <laughs> right. And you kind of gesture in a way that is towards you and then away from you in kind of a violent outward motion. Yeah, with like and a, this, a twisting kind of component. Yeah, chaotic mass of energy. It's not organized really into... Like a magic missile has a nice little dart-like shape and things like that. This mm -hmm. is almost a blob, a cloud of, in this case, cold. And it kind of coalesces as it moves um, and just strikes him full on center mass for how much damage? All right. So the first one was 16. And then the additional damage is 12 and 5 is 17. So 16 plus 17? Yes. Got it. All right. And he staggers back, chilled. And... Yeah. Okay. Good, good to know. Let me uh, make a quick roll here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's impossible. <laughs> All right. And as he staggers back um, from the force of your spell, the demonic visage and the fire that's around you kind of zips out of the periphery and fades from your view. Huh. It appears it was illusory. An illusion. What are you what hiding? Are you hiding? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for my sixth uh, sixth level uh, spells. So now we're going down to fifth. <laughs> you just like you burn from top to bottom. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually. <laughs> All right, is that the end of your turn? 
Uh, yes. Unless I can figure out how to, where the heck is haste? There it is. It's the third level. Okay. Yeah, no, that takes an action. It's cool. So, no, I'm good. All right. So, regaining his composure, um, he speaks another word, again, not in common, and points kind of languidly in your direction, and a crackling beam of energy streaks towards you. Mm. Let's okay. see if he can hit you. I mean, he probably can't, just knowing your AC. Probably. My AC is 10. He doesn't exactly have his work cut out for him. Oh, no. A crit? Is it a crit? It's it's like a crit in the other direction. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's a a Turk. (laughs) And it's as if the confidence that he had previously falters. And he's trying to come up with some sort of retort or insult to you. But you can see true fear in his eyes. And as he goes to cast his spell, whatever power that's granted from, it seems to pull inward at him. And you hear something kind of faintly sounds like a voice. And then the crackling energy that looked like it was going to streak towards you instead envelops him and seems to like crush inward at him and he screams in agony. Like you go ahead and make a perception check. Five. (laughs) I must be a little distracted. So the voice that you think you might hear is indistinct. So it's just kind of this creepy sort of low tone. Mm. But over the crackling of the energy and the scream of the half-elf, you can't really make out what it's saying. Huh. Okay. And let me go ahead and roll some damage. Uh, The spell ends and the half-elf kind of puts a hand to his chest and glares up at you. What would you like to do? Okay. I would like to learn about a spell called haste. Okay. And it says blah, 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 blah. Oh, is that what it says? (laughs) Yes. Your action can be used only to take the attack, one weapon attack only, dash, disengage, hide, or use an object action. So, so a, for your additional action. Yeah. Right. So that means you can't like cast another spell or whatever. You you can like stab someone with a dagger or whatever. You can't. Right. Because it doesn't make your ability to get into your components and say the words and all that faster. All right. Basically. So you get another attack, but. 
a weapon attack. A weapon attack. Yes. So this is great to empower like a fighter or something like that, but not necessarily a caster good like me. Good for an ally or good for getting away or getting into position quickly when you're, you know, don't yeah. have a lot of time to act. Yeah. I mean, a plus two bonus to my AC is kind of all right. But yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You can also use an object, so if you had a scroll or something, it could work for that, or a potion, or a grenade. Throw a grenade to ya. <laughs> okay. Nope. All right. Ah, fifth level chaos bolt. That's really nice. Honestly, though, and Ray of Frost is pretty cool for a cantrip. So, yeah, this this turn, let's see if uh, Ray of Frost will, will okay. help. Sure. And its speed, his speed is going to be reduced by 10 feet. So okay. So that's cool. So let's see if I can hit him with a ranged spell attack. Here we go. Mm, all right. So not super awesome, but not horrible. 15. That is a hit. Okay. So uh, a frigid beam of blue-white light streaks toward a creature within range. On a hit, it takes an 11th level 3d8 cold damage and speed is reduced by 10 feet until the start of my next turn. 3d8. All right. <laughs> and an eight, a one, and a one. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Sorry, that sticks in the craw a little bit. All right. Ten damage. All right. So this impact of cold upon cold from you, like he keeps staggering backward into the alley, and you can see um, that parts of his flesh are like blackening and necrosing before your eyes from the loss of blood flow to those areas, um, just as, you know, basically bolt after bolt of cold energy impacts him. Hmm. I'd like to, um, I'd like to speak to him if I may. Not allowed. Oh, no, I'm just okay. kidding. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> you can talk. It's fine. You don't have to ask me. <laughs> Just a, a bit of a taunt. It stings, doesn't it? That's a rhetorical question, by the way. It's, uh, but he's going to answer it anyway. <laughs> he's going to answer anyway. <laughs> it's like, nothing stings so much as my master's wrath. And he is looking very rough. But as he says those words, and as you see kind of the spell taking its toll on his form, he kind of is absorbed in a dissipating bit of smoke and you can no longer see him. Hmm. Okay. Dang. Yeah, I really thought I had something for that. Do you? Uh... I guess not. 
Huh. Yeah, I, th- I thought I had a thing that, like, lets you see people, like, even if, even if they hide or whatever. Might be something on my rogue and wow or something. Then <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> getting a little bleed over here. What's funny is I'm not letting my cat myself cast armor of Agathis because it requires a cup of water for its material component. And I'm like, who the hell carries a cup of water? <laughs> like I'm gonna have a little flask and do that whole schlunk thing with a telescoping cup well, and like goo, 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 pour it out. I, <laughs> I mean <laughs> You could just have a water skin. I, I I guess so. It just it, it struck me as funny that it says specifically a cup of water. Could be measurement. So yeah. So like a mug. A dram of water. Yeah. All right. So you are looking around the alley, your dark vision straining for any sign of the half elf. Hmm. When mm-hmm. suddenly from above you mm. A another crackling beam of energy shoots down in your direction. And that is, oh my God, why can't he roll? This is a wonderful question. Glad we're asking it. Let's see. Um, six. Oh, that will hit you. Just barely though. 12 versus your AC. Yes. Okay. It would have been a tie if I had haste active, but... I don't know that that would matter because I'm not a fighter. All right. And so these like red crackling beams of energy hit you first one and then another. Okay. And you take 11 force damage. 11 force damage. Oof. Okay. And following the beams of energy back to their source. You can see the half-elf breathing heavily, um, perched as if teleported onto the ledge of a window up above. Hmm. About 60 feet away. I see. Okay. What would you like to do? It is about 60 feet away. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would have a drop of water because of my little flask. The one with water in it, mind you. Okay. So, are spells and stuff like that, like melee attacks, where you can kind of uh, pull the punch if you need to, like to, to not... Do lethal damage. You can always choose not to do lethal damage. Okay. But he's perched way up high. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if I shoot him down from here and he falls, I can't like I can't choose not choose for him for to gravity not crush to do his damage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I can't control that. Right. So um yeah, let's actually instead of um bringing him 
you know, oh no, oh no. <laughs> uh, dang it. So my, my top down burning strategy has backfired tragically. Uh-huh. Uh, being that scatter yep. is a sixth level spell. Yep. So I can't use it. Oh man, managing those spell slots is so so crazy. Oh man, like I could I could really use that right now. Uh-huh. Uh goodness. So um <laughs> he's way up on a sorry, where did you say he was up again? Up on a rafter? Perched on a window ledge. A window ledge way up there. Breathing okay. heavily. All right. Cool. About 60 feet away, you say? Yes. All right. Cool. So he's probably about 40 feet up. What is my lowest level? All right. Cool. Let's go ahead and uh, fly up there. See if we can't. uh, This is going to be interesting because I'm just going to try to fly up and tackle him into the window. So. Uh, it's, okay. it, it's, it's less of a like fly and tackle because that's two actions. This is more of a fly, like directly into him, hoping that the, our, my momentum carries both of us through the window into the room. Right. In a very dramatic Hollywood fashion, because right. you would never do that in real life because you're probably going to cut both of you to ribbons and die. Right. So, <laughs> but, but in, in Hollywood Dungeons and Dragons, I think you can get away with it. Right. So. Um, I mean, my fly spell is just like you touch a willing creature and gain a flying speed of 60 feet for the duration. Is it an action? It is one action. Okay. So you're going to use your action to cast the spell and then your movement to do this other task. Is that what you're hoping for? That's what I'm hoping for. Yes. Okay. Because it just gains, a, gives me a flying speed. Mm-hmm. It gives me a speed, but it's flying. So I thought maybe I could be like, boop. Right. And. My goal is what's your flying speed? Sixty feet. Sixty feet. Okay. Yeah. For ten minutes. Right. So uh, I need to be uh, on or slightly above solid ground ten minutes from now. All right. Well, you cast the spell on yourself. Let me go ahead and cast this. And I need you to make an athletics check, please. All right. Uh, so this is where the rough part comes in. Right. I'm sure your skill is so high. My skill is super high with my strength of eight. Right. So I need to spend some of that gold on like belt of hill giant strength or something. All right. But 15 minus one is a 14. 14. Not horrible. (laughs) Hooray. Thank you. D 20 gods. In his injured state, he is not as lithe and dexterous as he normally would be. This half-elven foe that you have encountered. And so although your skill in throwing people through windows (laughs) is not one you would consider (laughs) to be your highest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not one you've practiced very often, if ever. Um, you just get lucky this time. 
He's not expecting you to launch yourself Superman style directly at him and through a glass window. Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a bold move, Cotton. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> and so you crash through the window into the room beyond. Um at this point, it's the evening. It's uh and so a shifter woman screams and hisses and um runs from the room sumi where are you when we need you (laughs) i know right she's right here um and you tumble through the window i need you to make a dexterity saving throw please oh goodness all right 17 okay you're able to basically shield yourself with the body of the poor half-elf. So you do not take damage as you crash through the glass. Ooh, okay. He'll take a little bit, though. Holding him as you fall to the floor, he feels cold to the touch from the spells that you've been casting, and now he's bleeding from a few deep lacerations from the glass that he has gone through. Um, and it's his turn. Yes, it is. Looking up from his position, functionally beneath you, um, surrounded in shattered glass, he reaches out a hand and touches your chest, and two more of those crackling bolts of energy fly into you. Huh, point you blank, huh? 16 force damage. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I did engage with this dude, so... That's what happens, man. 16, you say? Yes. All right. All right, what would you like to do? I mean, I'm still in pretty good shape. You're beating me up a little bit, but I'm tough, you know? I'm I'm resilient. Mm-hmm. My constitution is 16. I'm not, you know. You're no slouch. I ain't no punk. So, <laughs> so hmm. all right. Do I want to do... Ice knife or frostbite. Oh. <laughs> Ice knife is not a good spell to cast point blank. <laughs> because hit or miss, it explodes. And um, the target and each creature within five feet of it must succeed on a dexterity saving throw. Right. So... Frostbite is 3d6. Frost is 3d8. Okay. What's Shocking Grasp? Also 3d8. Can't take reactions. I think we're going to stick with the Ray of Frost. We're just exchanging rays here. Sure. So that is a uh, ranged spell attack. But it's a... Point, point blank. But how are we how are we positioned here in in respect to each other? Like I know he's we're in, you know, hand to hand distance, but like are we on the floor, yeah. are we laying next to each other. You're on him right now. Like so he's kinda like on his back and I'm kind of like in the in the in the bully the bully mount so to speak sure. maybe yeah I, okay whatever. I, you know, I, don't I don't think know. it's that clean but yeah 
Gotcha. It's not that uh, you're you're kind of tangled a little bit, but yeah, right. You're okay. on you're on top of them. There's a little bit of flailing going on as a couple of nerdy caster dorks try to duke it out. Sort of. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Ray of Frost. Point blank. Here we go. All right. That is a twenty-six. That'll hit. Okay. And that is an 11th level cantrip. So you're in for 3d8 cold, buddy, and reduced speed. Oh, cool. Awesome. That's better. All right. An 8, a 6, and a 1 this time. So one of them was still 1, but at least the other one was 6. So what is that, 15? Okay. In reaction to being hit with a double dose of his last spell, you in turn go for another one of your rays of frost and you can feel I mean still being as close to him as you are, his flesh which is already cold um, go basically frozen Mm. and he you see his breathing stop what? (laughs) Oh, man. No, I need to make sure that this guy doesn't die. I have questions for him. I'm not going to be a dick this time, but you did not specify you're doing non-lethal damage. So, okay. Just a lear- learning experience here. And I mean, I'll, I'll take it if if that's necessary. I'm okay with that. You know, learning from my mistakes is <laughs> a defining facet <laughs> of my life. But um, you you would declare that like – Every time you make an action, not like at the beginning when I said, when I asked about it, like this is kind of my intention throughout this interaction. It's to be more fair, of you a, did just ask about it, but true. said that him I, falling I, would not I, count. I did. It's yeah. just, I feel like just between me, you, and, you know, the fence posts, like, you know, like me and what, but okay. So if you were a strange DM, I would want to do that every action. Not necessarily every action, because unless that was what your character was actually doing, was pulling every punch. Yeah. But usually as you're getting towards the end of what appears to be combat or whatever, you would specify that. Okay. No, I, so I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put this on you. I'm, I'm taking responsibility for this. I should have done that, like you said, um, for Shirzy. No argument there. Um I just want to make sure that I learn from it, you know, as, as effectively as possible. So, um, well, I think as a general rule, like keep in mind, I mean, some DMs are evil, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're just people. Yeah. And if you're not specifying that, then they will run it normal. Sure. So be specific as if it's important to you right. and, you know, as a general de- declaration and then like every time, you know what I mean? When you're going to hit someone, you know, with anything, whatever, just be like, okay, or I, I want to make sure straightforward and say, it is my intent throughout this combat that I will not be doing lethal damage. Right. So I want to, I want to hit this guy with everything I got, as long as he looks like he's still, you know, 
healthy and hale, you know, <laughs> but when he's looking rough and beat up, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to start slacking off because I want to make sure to be able to question him. So be more pointed with your de- declaration in the first place. And then on your attacks also kind of. No, if maybe, you do that, then you're fine. Okay. Gotcha. But okay. I mean, cool. one or the other. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. Becoming a better role player by playing with Rainy. It works. Sign up today. Well, that's not just a role barbarian thing so much. But, uh, Becoming a crunchier role player. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's good. It's cool. I'm learning. This is awesome. So you feel the pull in you to just unload all of this freezing energy into this attacker's body. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, dude, that's awesome. Like, if you want to hold it back, you can't just hold it back. Like, it has to go somewhere. Oh, dude, that would be a cool mechanic. But there's also something else in you that says maybe his demise is not the best way to get what you're looking for. And so kind of at the last minute, as all of this cold energy has, like, built up in your fist... It kind of explodes around him and the walls are covered in kind of glittering shards of ice as he kind of functionally lays in your arms, (laughs) Um, barely breathing. Burst with a a lichen-like coating of hoarfrost. Yep. Ooh, awesome. And, uh, but he is currently unconscious. All right. That is okay. <laughs> what would you like to do? Um, well, he's lying here. Um, I don't have hold person or anything like that, so I have to do it old school. Uh, I'm going to look around this uh, domicile that is now my temporary headquarters uh, to see if there's anything with which to tie this dude up. It appears that you have, I mean, it's lower Tavix. So none of these kind of apartments are very large. And so what you've fallen into is functionally what we would think of in our world as kind of a studio apartment. So it's one room um, with a bed. The door is open because the shifter woman ran out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's an area with kind of a closet, um, like a wardrobe sort of thing, and like a small cooking washing area. Okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to buy this lady a new blanket, but let's uh, cut some strips from that, bind him hand and foot, and gag him as well. All right. Go ahead and make a sleight of hand check. Sleight of hand. Five. So... You're not sure how good the knots are. (laughs) This is not something that you do very often. No. Um, But it's at least functional enough that it would slow down his ability to get away if he suddenly recovered. Yeah, if he springs to his feet and try to run away, you know, I might be able to get the jump on him at the very least. All right. So so that is how he is bound currently. Kind of while I'm making a mess of tying him up. You know, I'd like to you know, mutter to myself, Logra, if you were only here, you're so good at this. 
She's tied you up a few times. <laughs> you know, to to save me from myself, um, we'll say. <laughs> because he annoyed her for any reason, really. Mm, yes. Because she finds it funny that you can't get out of them. <laughs> because I was talking shit, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I could escape. Gosh, whatever. Okay, let's see. Yeah, let's. Oh, ow, ow not so tight. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's cool. All right, what do you do? Well, uh, while he is lying there unconscious and tied up, I'm going to remove my um, Logra's ledger of copying from my satchel. Right. And open it up. And going to write in it uh, a message to Logra. After first checking for any messages from her, I suppose. There are no messages. Okay. We'll write in, Logra, have detained one attacker at scene of crime. He spoke to me saying, I thought we had killed this one, and it appears it is up to me. End quote. We fought. He lost. Comma. Of course. Comma. <laughs> and I am now restraining him for further questioning upon his regaining consciousness. Yours, Nariah P.S. Now you, underline, owe me underline that drink period all right so as you're finishing up your little entry into the <laughs> journal yeah i feel like he would have like pulled a, a, a little nub of pencil out and like dab dab on the tongue and then thought for a moment and then scritch scritch scribble scritch into the journal the half elf kind of begins to moan and move against his bonds hmm all right. Well, cool. Hopefully, hopefully the shifter lady ran to uh, retrieve the watch. But since we're in uh, lower Tavik's landing, I can't imagine the response time is anything to write home to, to Mama. You did about. have um, a whole combat against three people in the middle of a street with lights. With Giant lightning bolts flying and everywhere. Lightning bolts <laughs> lightning and shit on fire. fire. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, in your experience, it's not very quick here. Right. So I'm going to have some time to talk to this guy. So, cool. I'm glad that he's, uh, you know, regaining consciousness. Um, let's see here. Um, so normally I have a quarter staff, but I don't think that like, those are really like long, right? It was like a big, tall staff, right? I mean, it can be, it doesn't have, it's not like, it doesn't have to be like a 10 foot pole or whatever. It can be like a bow staff or yeah, whatever. Like something that's just maybe a little bit taller than me that sure. I carry around normally. <laughs> and that would be, you know, on the floor because I probably dropped it after crashing through the window. Yeah. Okay. 
So I'd like to retrieve that, pick it up, kind of prod the the dude with it a little bit, see if he'll, you know, wakey, wakey, friends. He moans in pain. Aw. Poor murderous assailant. I feel so bad for you, poke, poke. (laughs) We poke him on his frostbitten necrotic chest. (laughs) Okay. He winces and falls unconscious. It does one point of damage. He dies. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Um, So, maybe sitting there waiting for him to come around um, isn't the necessarily best way to, uh, to accomplish my goals here. So if I could kind of, I don't know. Hmm. So what happens if I use medicine to like, uh, I mean, he's not dead or dying or whatever, so I'm not stabilizing him, right? Mm -hmm. So I would would just be like, I don't know, make him a a little more comfortable or, you know, just use my knowledge of medicine, meager though it is, to to kind of uh, wake this guy up without really, you know, bolstering his, um, you know, health. Yeah, you could try. Overall health. All right. I'd like to go on record that if this rolls a one right now, that I feel like that would probably end up killing him. (laughs) So, I mean, if if I critical fumble at this point, it could be disastrous at least in in terms of my endeavor to question him i don't know does this sound accurate at all that's not up to you i know that's not up to me i'm just i'm just guessing you know i'm, I'm trying to to kind of your character would know that being as untrained as you are in medicine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you could definitely do damage rather than good accidentally accidentally do more harm than good i'm just trying to see what's at stake here. What's on the line? All right. Let's see what happens. All right. Close. But, uh, yeah, I actually rolled a three. So it's a total of four on my medicine check. Other than waiting and probably not moving him, you're not sure what else you could do to not actually heal him, but encourage him to wake up. Okay. I wonder what I have with my stuff. Do I have, let's see. Nope. Nothing. Oh, dang. <laughs> I have a potion of cloud giant strength. Forgot about that. Okay. All right. I need to make a mental note. Buy a pipe and some tobacco. What, not in real life, <laughs> like for my character, like you know what I mean? Because it'd be pretty cool to sit here and have a pipe while I wait, you know? Because now I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of sitting here. All right. You know? So you're just sitting there waiting. You've tied him up. Yeah. Who knows what he has on him? And you're just waiting for him to wake up. 
Right. Okay. Like I have, I have Logra's book. I don't have like a book to study and I have a little book to read. I'm just like staring at the wall in this studio apartment. Like I just like kind of bored, like look around, you know, yeah. see if there's any, you know, was the shifter lady maybe making some stew or like, <laughs> is there a pipe on the table that I can, you know, borrow? Um, Gosh, I don't imagine that they'd have any books or anything. No. But, uh, so you just wait, and eventually he starts to come around again. Okay, well, I'll leave him alone this time. I poked him last time, and it made him pass out. I you thought did I poke thought, him multiple times, and you specified that you poked him right in his wounded necro's chest. I thought that the pain would, like, you know, snap him out of it, is mm-hmm. what I was thinking would happen. That clearly, it it just, you know drove him back under so you know i'm not trained in medicine i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah poking someone in a wound it's totally you know i gotta say that if if i was like groggy and stuff like that and someone poked me in my wound i feel like groggy he's dying (laughs) (laughs) well i've never been dying before (laughs) thank thank god i think that's a good thing (laughs) we're all dying uh, right right except for me in the Sylvia Plath sense, yes, we're all dying. <laughs> Except for you, because you're a vampire. vampire. Right. All right. If I'm good, one of these days you'll turn me. But that's another story. So what do you do? I wait. I continue to wait for him to regain consciousness. I said he's coming around. He's Where's... regaining consciousness. Oh, he's coming yeah. around? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's try splashing some water in his face this time. He drowns. <laughs> <laughs> he drowns so sad. He's dead. <laughs> he fails all three saves and he's dead. <laughs> you crit water in his lungs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Um, okay. So you splash the water in his face and he sputters and opens his eyes to look at you. <sighs> This has not gone well. Yes. Welcome back, my friend. Shall we try our uh, meeting again? Only this time maybe under more friendly circumstances. For instance, I am Naraya Sanusurfeldanen. I work at the university nearby. Recently I discovered my own dead self in a nearby alley. I was hoping maybe you would introduce yourself and explain to me these circumstances. Yes, I know who you are. Thank you. Yeah, then I assume. Then you, I must admit, you have me at a disadvantage. And you are? And you are? (laughs) This is where manners come into play, friend. Manners. (laughs) I have nothing to say to you. I feel like maybe you do. Um, I wonder what I could do that's all like <laughs> torturous and evil and stuff. Like, oh man. Because you know, frostbite definitely hurts like fuck. But like, you know, I don't... uh <laughs> so messed up to like cure wounds and then like oh man no that that'd be that's too uh that's too evil i'm not like not a bad guy i'm just misunderstood um 
I mean, you can always choose to do non-lethal damage, but it'll just knock him out again, you know? So, uh, let's go for intimidation instead. Uh-huh. So, to see if, um, I, I don't know if I necessarily can do this. I definitely want to do something a little theatrical, you know what I mean? With the threat of more, like, cold type of damage because I've been doing cold type of shit this whole time, you know, and I just splashed water on him, you know what I'm saying? So to maybe like do something that kind of makes, see, I can't make that water freeze with an action and do an intimidation check, like in the same turn, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I have to like try to kind of crackle with like cold frosty menace and at the same time like intimidate him with you know i I think you have a great deal to tell me or something like that. you can try to intimidate him if you want okay so hopefully it's very theatrical and and frosty and then whatnot with like you know cold like um uh breath smoking on the suddenly cold air or something like that i don't know uh let's see here all right, not great. <laughs> it's a 10. <laughs> In his weakened state, that seems to be enough. Um, he shrinks back away from you at, at the perceived threat of more pain. Mm, cold pain, which sucks. Or like you, you can't even tell if it's cold or hot anymore. Yeah. It's just all your nerves are on fire. Right. All right. But what do you do? Um, So instead of asking questions, I'd like to start um, phrasing my questions in the form of a a statement (laughs) such as, you will tell me your name. I no longer have a name. Mm, One of those sects, yes. Who are you working for? The Dask will find you. Dask? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. D-A-S-K, D-A-S-Q-E. It's so um, many possibilities. Got two A's. Oh. Okay. So this is something I've heard of, maybe. Maybe. Could be. All right. D-A-A-S-K. S-K. Dask. There's no apostrophe. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just... Stop drowning it up over there. <laughs> All right. Um, so you work for the desk. Next, you will tell me of that creature in the alley uh, last night. With that, I cannot help you. I know you were to die. I don't know why it wasn't you who was killed. Hmm. All right. I'd like to see if this dude is lying or not, or if I think this guy is lying or not. You can insigate him. Man, it's like I roll around on this guy on the ground with this guy for a little bit, and I catch his whatever disease where he rolls like shit. (laughs) (laughs) As a eight, I don't know if he's. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't seem to be lying. Mm, Okay. But he's hard to read. And your master, where will I find him? He will find you. Yes, this has been established, but where will I find him? 
and the bonds of the makeshift blankets break. He has a dagger in his hand. Oh, no. You know, because he didn't search him or anything. You just tied him up. No, that didn't even occur to me. <laughs> I um, mean, as a player, I totally thought of that. <laughs> all right and that's a 13 versus your ac yeah that'll get there and that's three piercing damage Aww. as the knife with its dark metal <sighs> and kind of abrupt i would say what like a tanto type blade hmm. where it has mm-hmm. that like angle. a chisel sort yeah. of point and uh you know, sinks into the flesh of your thigh. Okay. Hmm. Well, luckily, oh, my wisdom isn't that high. Hmm. Okay. Because, you know, table talk, I feel like he's trying to bait me into killing him, you know, with this attack. But... um, Or he could just be trying to get away or he could be trying to finish his objective which is murder i mean there's you know there's there's options there's i mean we're dealing with a bunch of options all right cool i don't know that you necessarily have time to insight his intentions at Mm, this point no i just i mean i just got stabbed in the leg in the leg no less i mean ah why the leg man (laughs) like god I just, I don't want to knock this guy out again. I don't have anything that, like, (laughs) there's, like, there's really nothing that I have that, like, restrains people or anything like that. So, I'm just going to have to, uh, yeah, I'm just going to have to knock him out again. (laughs) Again, I guess, if I can. So, maybe, maybe hope for a better, uh, tie. And... I think I'll, uh, yeah, I will have learned from my mistakes and search him this time. Okay, cool. Um, let's see if we can respond with uh, frostbite. Okay. And I'm not trying to kill him, just knock him out again. So we'll see how you do. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's pretty hurt. Right. This it would a- take quite a bit of effort not to kill him. Okay. Uh, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Frostbite is not like an, a ranged attack. It's one of those constitution saving throw ones. So sure. Failed save takes this much damage, blah, blah, blah. Is that different from like a ray of frost that does something differently or? What do you, I don't understand what you're asking. If you decide, if you elect to, to do non-lethal damage, is it better to make like a ranged attack or these kinds that just automatically hit and it's their save? Is there any difference? In terms of not, not in being, terms of that, okay. I mean, it's just uh, it going awry is on my dice instead of yours, right? Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see what happens. Okay, he fails his save. So what happens? Okay, so on a failed save, uh, they take three uh, d six cold damage and have disadvantage on next weapon attack before okay. the end of the its next turn. So he kind of does a short cry out in agony before dropping into unconsciousness again. Hmm. And then I'd like you make a perception check. Perception. Here we go. Whoa, nat 20. And his kind of short cry, which is almost like 
drawn into himself as he falls unconscious, you can start to hear kind of that low tone that you couldn't really pick out before, that voice that's somewhere in the background. But this time you can hear words and they are in what you speak abyssal. Mm, languages, what, languages, what was it? languages, infernal, uh, infernal, yes. Um, and so it's words that you can recognize parts of it from your knowledge of infernal. Um, and it's very, like you said, it's kind of very background and very low. Um, but you pick up failure. Oh no, not tolerated, and. Flames begin to lick up around his cloak. Mm. And as the body kind of falls over, mm -hmm. um, and the like cloak falls open, you can see obviously like the black metal knife kind of clatters to the floor, and a piece of parchment begins to lick oh. with flame. Oh, can I grab it? I want to grab it. I need to grab it. Go ahead and, and make out. a dexterity saving throw. Awesome. 15. All right. So you snatch it just as flames start to curl the edges of the paper. Mm -hmm. And pat it out. Sure. You can pat it out. <laughs> <laughs> I need to pat it out with my hands. Pat, the, pat out the flames. Mm -hmm. Pat the flames out. Yeah, I don't know, you're able to put out the paper as the body basically starts to engulf in fire. Yeah, I mean, screw yeah. that guy. I want to grab <laughs> grab the the parchment and the dagger if I can. Sure. Yeah, you can kind of kick it away from the fire. Yeah. 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 And if this guy's, you know, he's gonna burn. He's gonna burn. I'm hoping it's not catching the whole thing on fire. Because I mean, luckily, even in this area, which is not the nicest part of Sharn. Um, the towers, for the most part, are stone. Hmm. Um, less wood. So we're not like on a wood floor with a wood wall and a wood window frame. No, it's kind <laughs> of a cold chair. stone apartment. <laughs> okay. With a wooden bed frame full of musty blankets oh, no. and a Her wooden rafters. Oh, probably fucked. But. Yeah. Aw. Okay. But I mean, honestly, you could furnish this whole apartment for like. Oh, yeah. You would have no problem replacing <laughs> a lot of this. <laughs> for like less than you spent on the cab ride. <laughs> right. For real, dude, three gold would let, man, that'd be a fortune down here. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna, <laughs> so uh, the window is clearly open because it's been shattered. Something else I'll have to pay for. Right. Um, I'll, I'll sort of, I'd like to step into the hallway and pull my book out <laughs> to update Logra. <laughs> right. Uh, <clears throat> Update. <laughs> Assailant is no more. Killed by master. So you're just writing in this hallway as neighbors start to like pour out of their adjacent apartments and, and run like down the stairs and out of the building and stuff like that. So there's just chaos around you as mm. you're writing mm -hmm. in your I'm little journal. Here. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> the desk question mark. Have retrieved dagger and note as evidence. Assailant currently engulfed in flames. 
Sorry. Period. (laughs) (laughs) And and yeah, I mean, I'm just standing there writing, you know, in in my journal. And not my journal, my Logra's ledger of copying. Right, which has been strangely silent so far. She doesn't seem to have noticed perhaps that there's a message or she's doing something you're not sure. I mean, I figure she's busy. She's kind of a big deal. Also, she's awesome. So I'm not like, you know, exactly uh, high on her priority list. You know, my hijinks and <laughs> my my daring do isn't, you know, really her pressing concern. So I get that, you know. Um, but I care about Logra, you know, as a as a person. So I don't really want to treat her as a means to an end, you know. Um, but uh, we can help each other like family does. And um, so that's all that we have going on, I think, right now with that. Uh, I need to find the owner or resident of this apartment. So people are just running around everywhere and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, people are kind of running past you as smoke starts to billow out of the apartment. Um, and I'm assuming like you picked up the knife and the piece of paper when you mm. walked out into the hallway. Yes. And so as you stow those, um, did you want to take a look at them or are you just putting them away for now? I'll, I'll give them a quick glance. Like I feel like I can read the parchment at a glance if it's not like densely populated with script it's not it seems to kind of be composed of two columns Mm -hmm. Uh, on one side there are names and on the other side there are like sketches like very like basic kind of identifying pictures and so you know scanning the list you can see a portrait of a dwarven woman with a name next to it. Um, You can see there's a portrait of a Kalashtari man with a name next to it. Um, And there is, you see your portrait or something that looks approximately like you. And you're kind of just scanning through. There's about 10 portraits on the list. And about halfway down, you see Deke's portrait. What? And the name Deke. Not good. And your journal begins to glow. This is a hit list. <laughs> I think that this would be shocking enough that I would actually say that out loud. Sure. This is a hit list. And then I'll like notice the glowing rune on my ledger and, and whip it open. And in a large hurried scrawl, mm-hmm. you see you are in danger. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Meet me now. Can't find Deke. Oh, no! Deke! Well, that's where we'll end for today. Okay. We'll pick up next time with you getting back to Logra to see what is going on. Oh, man. All right. God, we need to find Deke. He's got to be okay because we can't find him. That means he's not dead. They've taken him alive. It's got to be. It's got to be. Otherwise, there'd be a body. There'd be an owl body. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this little episode of our excursion into Eberron. Um, If you guys like what we're doing, 
We have started linking all of our neat little social medias in the podcast description. So please check those out if you want to interact with us on those planes of existence. Um, Otherwise, we also have a Discord, which our patrons have access to. So if that's something you're interested in, or if you want to support us in any other way or see all the other cool things we're doing, please go to patreon.com slash just barbarian things. Yeah, you can get the character sheet, like Naraya's character sheet there, right? It is on there, along with Deeks and Logros. So that's pretty cool if you want to follow along with the spells I'm looking at and other things like that. And you can even, you know, hop on Discord and leave a message about how maybe I should have cast this instead of that, or how I missed, like, favored by the gods or something for a missed spell save. You know, I don't know. You could point out where I'm messing up, (laughs) if if, if that's what you're into. (laughs) So check it out. Either way, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, and we're so happy that you're here listening with us. Until next time, everyone. Keep it barbarian-y.